0: Brown against Board of Education. The Segregation Cases, 1954. These are the facts. During the turbulent reconstruction period following the Civil War, the southern states, in developing their public school systems, generally established separate schools for Negroes and for whites. This principle was challenged in the courts by a group of Negroes claiming that the Fourteenth Amendment to the Constitution which required that states extend equal protection of the laws to all its people, had been violated. In 1896, the Supreme Court decided the issue, at least for the time being, in the case of Plessy against Ferguson. There the court held that the word equal, in the equal protection of the laws provision, did not necessarily mean identical, but could also mean equally good. Under such an interpretation, segregated schools were permissible, provided that the separate schools for Negroes were equally as good as the public schools provided for white children. In 1952, the parents of Negro children in Kansas, South Carolina, Virginia, and Delaware, contesting the 1896 decision, went into court to attack the constitutionality of the state laws in their states, which required or permitted separate public schools for Negroes and whites. The argument by the attorney for Brown.
1: May it please the court. The decision in Plessy against Ferguson was incorrect and should no longer be considered the law of the land. The Constitution of the United States requires that state laws apply equally to everyone. It is therefore manifestly unconstitutional for laws to distinguish in any way between Negroes and whites. States may not pass laws, therefore, requiring or permitting local school boards to establish one set of schools for whites and another set for Negroes. But even if the word equal in the 14th Amendment were construed to mean that two sets of schools could properly be maintained if the schools provided for Negro children are equally as good as those provided for white children, the integration of schools must be ordered by the court. Segregated schools can never be equal. In going to separate schools, children know they're being discriminated against because of their color alone. They must develop feelings of inferiority. Their ability to learn must suffer. They therefore cannot achieve the same education as white children. Segregated schools can never be equal as the 14th Amendment requires. And laws requiring segregated schools are therefore unconstitutional.
0: Argument by the Attorney for the Board of Education.
2: May it please the Court. The words equal protection in the 14th Amendment must be interpreted according to their meaning when they were added to the Constitution in 1868. In 1868, schools were not integrated and at the time, no one thought that they ever would be. Equal protection means only that the state is required to treat its people equally. The state cannot apply its laws only to some of its people and not to others. It cannot extend benefits only to whites or impose punishment only on Negroes. But equal protection of the laws does not mean that states cannot distinguish between white people and colored people. All that it does mean is that they must get the same kind of treatment. If white people are offered free schooling, Colored people must be offered free schooling as well. But the schools need not be in the exact same building. So long as the physical plant of the school for colored school children is as good as the building for white school children, the Constitution is not violated. This was the interpretation of the Constitution of this court in Plessy against Ferguson. There is no reason to change that interpretation now. State laws for school segregation are constitutional and binding.
0: The Opinion of the Court by Mr. Justice Warren.
1: In approaching this problem, we cannot turn the clock back to 1868 when the amendment was adopted, or even to 1896 when Plessy against Ferguson was written. We must consider public education in the light of its full development at its present place in American life throughout the nation. Only in this way can it be determined if segregation in public schools deprives these plaintiffs of the equal protection of the laws. Today, education is perhaps the most important function of state and local governments. Compulsory school attendance laws and the great expenditures for education demonstrate our recognition of the importance of education to our democratic society. In these days, it's doubtful that any child may reasonably be expected to succeed in life if he's denied the opportunity of an education. Such an opportunity, where the state has undertaken to provide it, is a right which must be made available to all on equal terms. We come then to the question presented. Does segregation of children in public schools solely on the basis of race, even though the physical facilities and other tangible factors may be equal, deprive the children of the minority group of equal educational opportunities? We believe that it does. To separate children in grade and high schools from others of similar age and qualifications solely because of their race, generates a feeling of inferiority as to their status in the community that may affect their hearts and minds in a way unlikely ever to be undone. Segregation of white and colored children in public schools has a detrimental effect upon the colored children. The impact is greater when it has the section of the law, for the policy of separating the races is usually interpreted as denoting the inferiority of the Negro group. A sense of inferiority affects the motivation of a child to learn. Segregation with the sanction of law therefore has a tendency to retard the educational and mental development of Negro children and to deprive them of some of the benefits they would receive in a racially integrated school system. Whatever may have been the extent of psychological knowledge at the time of Plessy against Ferguson, this finding is amply supported by modern authority any language in Plessy against Ferguson, contrary to this finding, is rejected. We conclude that in the field of public education, the doctrine of separate but equal has no place. Separate educational facilities are inherently unequal. Therefore, we hold that the plaintiffs and others similarly situated for whom the actions have been brought are, by reason of the segregation complained of, deprived of the equal protection of the laws guaranteed by the 14th Amendment.